forgiven. And we are people that are growing and aiming towards that. And when you get into the presence of the Lord, things begin to change. It begins to align your perspective. Amen. Anybody, come on, anybody can testify to that. Sometimes you come in a certain way, but then when you get into the presence of the Lord and you get into the word of God, all of a sudden it starts reminding you of some things. I'm thankful, so very thankful for it. I give you wonderful people honor today, the wonderful church of Revival Church right here. And to all of our guests, we honor you this morning. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. We will be going to Acts chapter number 16 and verse number 16. And as you're turning there or joining us on the screen, thank you, Zoe, for helping me. Uh, I misspoke. I apologize. Today is actually the very first growth track class. So forgive me. I said they were still doing signups. They have already concluded signups. However, you are able to join them today at 1230. So immediately following our service at 1230 in our chapel, which is right to our foyer, the left double doors there, their white double doors in there at 1230. Brother Moses Persiaga leads that growth track ministry now. He will be helping he and the team, wonderful staff that lead growth track. And that will be happening today at 1230. Acts chapter number 16 and verse number 16. We're going to read 16 through 26. And I'll, you can join me on the screen or in your Bible. There, and I, I know I do this from time to time uh, when I'm preaching. I just want people to be comfortable with it because sometimes uh, if you're new to church, new to the Word of God, sometimes it can get confusing a little bit. you got all kinds of different versions of the Bible. Then you hear what some people say that isn't even really in the Bible. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and it's like sometimes it can be confusing. So where's this guy reading from? Like where are you reading from? And so, so you know your Bible may be King James Version. It may be New King James Version. It, it may be ESV. It may be NLT. There's different versions of the Bible. Today what you'll see on the bottom right hand is NKJV, New King James Version. I want to encourage you today, if you're new to the Word of God, and maybe you struggle with reading a King James Version, an Old English, a New King James Version, I want to encourage you, get a, get a, get a NLT, get an ESV, English, uh, English Standard Version, and just begin to get into the Word of God. Just begin, don't, don't let it overwhelm you. Sometimes, especially you all can relate to this when you were in school and you didn't quite get a subject, you felt like, what's the point? I feel so lost, why am I even going to pay attention? Sometimes we can get so overwhelmed when we're making a transition to something new. This isn't what I'm used to reading. I don't understand what they're saying. Why, why try? I want to encourage you. If you're having trouble reading the Word of God, listen to the Word of God. Get the Bible app. Download the Bible. There's Bible apps that we have we can, we can, we can uh, encourage you with that you want to just get the Word of God in your mind. Get it in your spirit. It will help make a difference. Amen? Now it happened as we went to prayer. Somebody said they were just going to a prayer meeting. That a certain slave girl possessed, somebody say it sounds a little spooky, with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her master, so check this out, this, this young girl, poor girl is possessed, and the men of that city used it as a business opportunity, taking advantage of her being possessed, and they Right here is where it says her masters, it brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. People are always trying to take advantage of other people's weaknesses. But notice what will take place. Verse number 17. The girl followed Paul and us. The, other, the, the others that were there here in this story, Paul and Silas, Luke is recording it. 
And the girl is following them and she's crying out. And this is what she's saying. These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. I want to say this really quick. She's possessed by the devil, but I come to tell somebody, even the devil knows. Even the devil knows. It doesn't matter what the devil tells you. It doesn't matter how the devil tries to intimidate you. It doesn't matter what the devil thinks he has on you. Let me read it again. <clears throat> These men are the servants of the what? Of the what? Can you imagine as all the other little demons could hear that? She couldn't help but just begin to say the truth, Brother Michael. She just said, these men are, she's trying to annoy him. These men are the servants of the most high God. I'm sorry, say it louder. Most high God. In case somebody needs to be reminded, the enemy is not on the same level as your God. The enemy is not on the same level as the God that you and I serve. And he knows it. Who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this is a very, a very human reaction. This is encouraging for you and I. She did this for many days. Everybody in here has had somebody annoy them. When they constantly, not your kids, of course. Your kids would never ask for something more than once. Not your kids, but those other kids. But Paul, somebody be encouraged. This is a word right here. We can go home after this. But Paul, greatly annoyed. Thank you, Jesus, for this passage. It reveals the humanity of Paul. Have you ever been reading the Bible and sometimes they just feel like they're too saved? Anybody know anybody too saved? Like, come on, that's not real. You don't live in Modesto. That's Macedonia. That's Damascus. We don't act like that in Modesto. Those people are too saved. Yeah, maybe in the south, maybe over here. Maybe, they're too saved. Paul, greatly annoyed. That's my verse of the day right there. Thank you for being human, Paul. I, I want somebody to hear that, though, because sometimes when you get annoyed or you get upset, it, it throws you off rhythm and it throws you off alignment. You need to understand you and I are human. You and I are like everybody else. And there's going to be things that frustrate us. There's going to be things that annoy us. There's going to be things that upset us. But what we have to do is just get ourselves in line. Don't let it ruin your life. Don't let it ruin your ministry. Don't let it ruin your day. Don't let it ruin your family. Don't let it ruin your church. Come on, anybody. Greatly annoyed, he turned and he said to the spirit, this poor girl is possessed. He looks at the girl and he looks in that spirit. He says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out. And what happened? And he came out that very hour. Paul is annoyed, but he's also anointed. He says, the devil isn't gonna the devil isn't gonna bother me just because he wants to bother me. If the devil's gonna have an issue with me, then I'm gonna make sure that I'm gonna be aggressive, that I'm gonna go right back at it. You're not gonna bother me. You're not just gonna follow me. You're not just gonna taunt me. You're not just gonna intimidate me. You're not just gonna say what you want to my kids. You're not just gonna say what you want to my family. You're not just gonna say what you want to my church. I'm not gonna put up with that. I was kind, I was patient, but enough is enough, and I'm gonna deal with it. And he came out that very hour. Verse number 19, I'll try to read this quick. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, just selfish, they seized Paul and Silas. 
They see their business is wiped out. They take Paul and Silas, they drag them into the, market, into the marketplace to the authorities. Verse number 20, I'll read quick. And they brought them to the magistrates, the ones in charge, and said, These men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. These are all Romans that are around here. These are Gentiles, people that were not Jewish. And they say, these Jews over here are troubling us. They're, they're teaching customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive or re observe. Now, we just read what really happened. They're just mad because they lost a dollar. They're just mad because they lost their business opportunity. So they make something up to try to get Paul and Silas in trouble. I know you've never had anybody talk bad about you, but you read about somebody on Facebook that did. So you can kind of relate. You can kind of relate. They're trying to make this a bigger deal about Paul and Silas, about what they're doing, about their trouble in the city, but really they just lost their money and that's why they're angry. Verse number 22, then the people, the multitude rise up together against them. That's why you can't always follow the crowd. You cannot always follow the crowd's opinion. They don't even know these men. They don't even know what's happened, but because somebody else was riled up, because somebody else started talking about lies, because somebody else started stretching things that happened, all of a sudden, now the crowd's in an uproar. They tear off their clothes, they strip them, and they command them to be beaten with rods in verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes on them, after they beat them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he didn't want to mess this up. So he put them into the inner prison. I don't want them walking the yard. I don't want them on the outside of the gate. I want them locked up maximum security. I need them inside. Inside. And you know what? That's not even good enough. So come here. I'm going to fasten your feet. I'm going to make sure that you can't even move. I'm going to make sure that you are so locked up that it is so hopeless. You are never getting out of here unless we allow you to. What a message is being, is being sent to them, they think. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately, somebody say immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And verse 27, and the keeper of the prison awaking, somebody say good morning, from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing he thought the prisoners escaped, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But verse 28 says, but Paul called with a loud voice, don't harm yourself, we are all here. It's kind of anticlimactic, you know what I mean? You think like earthquake just happened, they're about to step out, and Paul's like, nah, we're right here. This morning, with the help of the Lord, I want to speak to you on this very simple thought for the next few minutes. Miracles in unlikely places. 
miracles in unlikely places. One more time, would you lift your hands? Would you pray with me? Lord, we are so grateful today. We know that your word can stand all by itself. But you've allowed us this opportunity together to journey through your word and through this text. And Father, I pray today a special anointing upon your people. And I pray, Lord, as you would anoint them, that you would anoint me. Remove error from my mind and from my mouth today. God, help me to preach what you want me to preach. God, and don't allow me to get in the way of it. Have your way here today. It's you and you alone that make the difference. Let that difference be made today. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout his name. You may be seated. Miracles in unlikely places. As we read, and I took some time during our scripture reading so that you can understand the context of what is happening. But one thing that we did not read is before Paul and Silas ever get together and they are on their way to their missionary journey and they are on their way to strengthen the churches, there's a little bit of drama in the church. Paul is supposed to be with Barnabas. But Barnabas wants to invite John Mark to go with them from city to city to city. And Paul says, no, I'm not with that. I'm not okay with that. John Mark wasn't with us when we first went. He, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't with us everywhere we went. And I'm not okay with him going with us to this trip. Paul and Barnabas, and I need you to understand this. Paul and Barnabas, the super saved, two saved. The ones we quote, the ones that are Paul, an author within the word of God. They have too much drama. Paul and Barnabas, they say, it gets, it gets so tense, they just walk out on each other. Think about it. That's human. That's life. That's personalities. That's situations. And I just want to highlight that this morning because you will never be in a place where there is not going to be some human dynamics that are in effect. There's always going to be some things that take place that you're not going to like. There's always going to be some things that may bother you. There always may be some differences that take place. And Paul and Barnabas are a perfect example of this. They get so heated and they get so upset. They say, you know what? You take who you want to take and I'll take who I want to take. And there's a difference there. But it doesn't stop the work of God. Paul and Barnabas, you and, I got a, you and I got a difference of opinion, and that's okay. You go strengthen those churches, I'm going to take Silas, and we're going to go somewhere we haven't gone before, and we're going to go make a difference. What I'm saying to you this morning as we begin is don't allow the things that take place among people to get in the way of what God is asking and calling you to do. There are things that God wants you to move forward with. Don't get so caught up with the drama and the problem. Don't get so caught up on who you have an issue with. Don't get so caught up on what family member just said goodbye. Don't get so caught up on what individual is always at you. I don't got time for that. You do what you got to do, but I got to continue to keep the... I got to continue to keep the, the mission moving. I got to continue to keep the word going, to the, the gospel going to the areas. You can't get caught up in all that. So Paul says, I'll take Silas with me. So Silas was never even supposed to be there. When you read it, Silas just wanted to remain there teaching. However, this brought about a different dynamic. And Silas is 
well with it. He goes with it. And here they are, they are making their way. And the Bible shows us as they are making their way here into Macedonia, there is a woman here that sells purple. She is there a part of the, of the trade. She has her own business and she is there and she is the first contact that they make. Her name is Lydia. And they first make this contact. They are coming to a brand new area in Macedonia. And isn't it like God to just make sure that he reminds you that you're exactly where you need to be. Paul and Silas, I know you're stepping out and you're doing something you've never done before in an area that you've never done before, you've been before. However, the Bible says that God had already opened Lydia's heart to receive what they were about to say. I've come to tell somebody here on this Sunday morning, I've come to encourage you. As you are taking new steps, as you are walking out in a direction that you are being obedient to God, I want you to be reminded that God is going to make sure that the people that he places in your life are going to be receptive to what he has asked you to do. I know it's scary. I know it's a little fearful. But as you begin to make those steps, there's going to be a Lydia there. There's gonna. Uh, mm, let me tell you like this today. There are people that you are in your business. You are handling what you are handling. You are doing your absolute best, and you don't realize it, and you don't think much of it. You're just selling purple, Lydia. You're just you're, you're just a businesswoman. You're just at your job doing what you're doing. But you didn't know that you being consistent and you being faithful and you being excellent in your business and you being excellent with with, with, with social and socially just connecting with people in relationships. You did not know that, but God was going to use that to be an open door to an entire region, to people that have never heard the gospel. I was just going about my business. I was just there for my business, Jeremiah, and little did I know God was sending missionaries to me. And you see as it unfolds, I read, I move quickly this morning as they are making their way. It is there that that demon-possessed girl begins to follow and she begins to say what she says because the enemy knows, the enemy knows who your God is. The enemy knows who your God is. And most, most would, most would probably, let's be honest, somebody comes up and they're following you and they're demon possessed. I don't see you stopping for lunch. I don't see you waiting around. All of a sudden, you're looking at them. They got a couple of seconds. You either cross the street, I'm cross the street, we're leaving, or let me get my church pocket knife. You tell me right now. You tell me right now. Which way is this going to go? Demon possessed, you know what I mean? No, I don't, we're going to lay hands. If I have to lay hands, we are going to lay hands. If that's what it comes down to, I'm, I can't. But it happened for many days. Many days. Most of us, we, we would get spooked out, would we not? Would we not? making noises and such, sound effects. That don't happen in your mind? That happened in my mind. Crazy. Who in the world is following me right now? It would almost be, Dana, it would almost be intimidating. But not when you know who your God is. Paul and Silas are not intimidated. They're annoyed. You know what you get annoyed at? Things that you know ain't a problem for you. You know what you get annoyed at? That little dog that just won't stop chirping. That's annoying. Now all of a sudden you get a big Rottweiler. All of a sudden. That, that annoyance turns to fear. 
But you get annoyed at things you know are not a bother, that cannot hurt you, that cannot harm you, that cannot interrupt what God has planned for your life. Let me say it to you like this. Paul and Silas were annoyed rather than fearful because they knew that this demon was no problem for the God that they serve. I've come to tell somebody today, there are things that may have been following you, that may have been attempting to intimidate you, but you don't have to be afraid anymore. There are some things that you need to turn around and speak to. You're not going to be in my home any longer. I'm not going to allow you to fill my mind any longer. I'm not, I'm not going to allow you to be in my room any longer. I'm not going to let you be on my phone any longer. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts. I'm not going to entertain those things. There's some things that I'm ending today. There's some things that I'm going to speak to today. Yeah, they taunted me. Yeah, yeah, they tried to intimidate me. But as of today, I'm making a stand. That cannot go on any longer. And you and I read it. I'm not making this up. As soon as he addressed it, it left. Michael, you know what that shows me? Is that many times, maybe not you, but many times me, Many times I waste my time entertaining things that I just need a command. I'm letting things follow me. And I don't want to deal with it. I'm just letting them follow me. But I've come to tell somebody that, that may need to be encouraged like I need to be encouraged. It's time I need to stop. I need to turn around. And I need to speak to things. They're not going to continue in my life. They're not going to continue in your life. I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to walk away or run from it. I'm going to speak to it. And as soon as... As soon as it was spoken to, I got to go. I met, I, met, I met a God that is bigger than the one that's in charge where I come from. The most high God. The most high God is the one that is speaking. The most high God is the one that is commanding. And they know, the enemy knows, it cannot stand with God. And so it leaves and the businessmen, as selfish as they were in this context, they see that this young girl is now of no value to them. They see that this young girl is, has no purpose to them. I want to say this today, and I say it carefully, and I say it with respect. Be mindful of who you allow to influence, impact, and lead your life. They, not everyone, not everyone will have your best interest at heart. And these men, no doubt, they made sure she was taken care of while she was doing things for them, while she was making them money. However, the moment that that, 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 that precious young girl that had been given and she was a slave, it was not her choice to be influenced where she was influenced. It was not her choice to be in the position. It was not her choice to be taken advantage and to be fortune -telling. It was not her choice. However, she had been put in this place and people took advantage. You've got to be so careful about where you are placed, about who you are positioned with and who you allow to speak into your life. How do, I, how do I gauge that? How do I measure that? 
Perfect example. This woman was demon-possessed, and now she is set free. If the people in your life don't want you getting closer to God, that's the indication that you've got to let them go. If the people in your life don't want you getting more of God, closer to God, that is the sign that you need, that you don't need them in your life anymore. They didn't care about her. All they cared about was what they can gain and how they could profit. That's not the type of people you want in your life. And as it comes, they, they, they get upset and they get mad and they, they take Paul and Silas. And they, I can see them grabbing them by the arms. And I can see Luke, let's be honest here. Luke is recording it. I kind of see him, they know Messiah. Oh, oh man, oh, that hurts. That looks like it hurts. Paul and Silas see Paul looking at Luke. Silas is like, I didn't even ask to be here. <laughs> and they take them. And they strip them. And they beat them. They beat them with rods. They beat them with rods. They are bloody. They are worn out. They are tired. You would think they're defeated. You would think the enemy is laughing on the other side. Yeah, you cast out, you cast out that devil from that slave girl. I'm coming for you now. And for a moment you think they would be, oh no, what are we going to do? I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I'm defeated. They threw him in and I could see them walk up to the jailer. And the jailer saying, what we got today? So I need you to take good care of these guys. I don't want them getting out anywhere. Ooh, they must be bad. Oh, yeah. What are they? Uh, missionaries. I can see the jailer like, what do, you, what do you mean? They preach. What? They preach. Look, bro, just don't let them out. Do whatever you have to do. And I can see the jailer. The jailer is used to dealing with people that are difficult. He's used to dealing with people in this time. He, he saw people get beat. He saw people get taken care of and released and be set as examples. And so he's, he's, he understands the dynamic, but here he is saying, well, there, there's something going on here. I can't take the chance. I got to put them where nobody would ever have the ability to escape. I'm going to lock them up on the inside. I'm going to put them in the inner prison. And matter of fact, I need to make sure that their feet are chained down. Not chains, but it was wooden at that time for the feet, it would be like wooden blocks, if you would. Wood with two holes that they would put the legs in. Your legs would begin to cramp. Your legs would be uncomfortable, the, the position that you were in. And so you could not move. You could not escape. You were locked up. There would be chains, and then there would also be wood. And, and those were the stocks that you were in. There was no way out to everybody else. You would think when you're put in an impossible situation, that you're defeated, that you're discouraged. Anybody ever been there? Or you're discouraged. And here's the thing, because it, it, it messes with us. Because we feel like, well, if I'm praying, if I'm fasting, if I'm reading the word, if I'm worshiping, and if I clap on beat, then, then i got blessings coming my way. God is about to just blow my mind. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And that's when your car don't start. 
You're like, oh, I know there's a financial blessing coming right now. Oh, there's a fine. And that's when you get laid off. You're like, God, what? Can I remind you really quick? These wonderful, powerful uh, missionaries, these men of God, you know where they were on their way? They were on their way to a prayer meeting. That's faithful. They were on their way to a prayer meeting, and they cast out the girl. They cast out the demon from the girl. Then they get caught up. They were just going to a prayer meeting. I need somebody to get a hold of that. When you're being faithful and you're being consistent, you're just serving God to the best of your ability. Can you see Paul and Silas? I can see Silas for a minute. He doesn't say it right here, but this is the JQV. He looks at Paul and says, bro, I didn't even ask to come here. You and Barnabas got beef. You guys got problems. And now here I am. And I'm in prison. I could see that conversation if I was Silas. You kidding me, bro? Look, I got beat. I got beat. Paul's like, bro, it's nothing. You'll get used to it. <laughs> I see Silas saying, Gia, I see Silas saying, I am built like that. Can you imagine really quick, can you imagine what it's going to be like when we get to heaven and we're having this conversation with Paul? Like, bro, and he's like, what'd you go through? Oh, bro. Oh, my, where do I start? Starbucks, they mess up on my order. I mean, unbelievable. And I asked twice for the item, you know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'll tell you, Paul, I was on my way. I was in the mind of Christ, and I pulled up, and somebody took my parking spot. I can see Paul looking like, oh, this is a sad day. I can see Silas looking at him and say, bro, I'm not, I'm not built like that. But he didn't say that. The Bible says that as they're thrown in, here it is, their hand and feet. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I love this because I just shared with you just a moment ago. They were on their way to a prayer meeting. So, yeah, there's some things that happen in the middle of it. But I see them look at each other and say, we still get to pray. I see them look at each other and say, this isn't where we wanted to be, but it doesn't have to stop us from doing what we wanted to do. This, this isn't exactly, this isn't exactly what I wrote in my planner today, Paul. I did not say today is the day I get beaten and I get jailed and I'm sent to prison. I didn't put that in the planner. But I've come to realize something that has shown that what we go through doesn't have to keep us from doing what we set out to do. There may be some challenges. There may be some difficulties. There may be some things that we don't like and we don't want to be a part of. However, it doesn't have to keep me from doing what I set out to do. Paul, you were on your way to pray, and so in the middle of a prison, you say, this will do just fine. I need somebody to get a hold of this right here. At midnight, it's cold, it's dark. You are in an unlikely place but it doesn't have to keep you from doing what you have set out to do. 
I don't know what you have purposed in your heart, but it doesn't have to stop because difficulty is present. I don't know what God has called or asked of you, but it does not have to quit now because you are up against some obstacles. It doesn't have to stop now because you are in an uncomfortable place. It doesn't have to stop now. I've come to tell somebody today that God is still working and moving in unlikely places. God is still looking to move and operate in a place where no one else can. You are locked up in prison, Paul. You are locked up in prison, Silas, and it's midnight. You know what I love about this? It had to be late in order for the jailer to fall asleep. In the middle of the day, he's wide awake. But God allowed it the timeline to unfold in such a way that it's at midnight and the jailer is asleep. Why does that matter? Because there are things that are happening that are not according to your timeline right now and it looks off. You see it as midnight and you think it's too late for God to do anything. It's just, we're already locked up. We're already in this position. What can God do? God is saying, I have timed things accordingly. Things that you don't see, things that you don't know. I want the jailer to fall asleep because that's gonna be a part of the miracle. That's going to be a part of the miracle. And so here it is as they're there and they start. This is what the Bible says. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. I may not be able to move my feet, but I still got my voice. <laughs> I may not. I may not be where I want to be. I may not have what I want to have, but it does not have to keep me from doing what I want to do. If you continue to look at circumstances, if you only look at where you are at, it will stop you from doing what God has called you to do. But I have come to encourage you. Why don't you begin to use what you do have? Why don't you begin to lift your voice? Why don't you begin to pray and praise right where you are in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your difficulty, in the middle of circumstances that seem impossible? And I see them. I see them as it's unfolding. And, and I see Paul and Silas looking at each other. And I can see them as, their hands are, are tied up, chained up, and their feet are, are, are in the wooden blocks, and they can't move very well. They're just sitting there. They're starting to cramp up a little bit. And I can see them. I said, Paul, you sing? Paul's like, no, not really. I see Silas saying, hmm, I don't either. But uh, what would happen? Just two guys can't sing anyway. We're already in prison. What are they going to do? What would happen if we just... You hear that? What are you doing? I'm, I know I, I can't dance right now. But I got hands. I can snap a little bit. Okay. You can snap a little bit. I can snap too. You hear those chains rattling? You hear those chains rattling? You're those chains. I, I can see him just kind of shake the wood on the on the on, on the foundation of the floor. It's like, oh, you a musician, Silas? No, me either. But there's nothing like two guys that can't sing and two guys that can't dance beginning to make music. What are you doing? I'm just using what I have. You don't 
You're not embarrassed? Oh, no. No. I'm in prison, but I want the enemy to know I won't be here for long. And nothing that the enemy is doing has to stop me from singing my song. Nothing that I'm going through has to block me from what God is wanting to do. And he's there and they're making their way and I see him, I see him. And they're there, they're uncoordinated. They're locked up, Michael, and they're just trying to do what they can, making the instrument that they can. And all of us, maybe Paul starts humming and silent. Oh, oh, I want to see him look upon his face. Paul, what? You remember that song? Yeah, I don't know who taught it. I don't know who shared it, but I figured this is probably a good time to sing about heaven. This might be a good time because the enemy thinks I'm going to be afraid. But I want the enemy to know this. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. What are you doing? I'm letting the enemy know that though you think you're putting me in a bad spot, you're just moving me closer to him. If You think I'm in trouble. But there's miracles in unlikely places. You think you're putting me in a position where I can't win. I see Silas as he's snapping and Paul is snapping and saying, oh, there's some joy in that. Anybody know that song? You want to sing that with me? Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Can you imagine as all of a sudden, the prisoners, the Bible, this is what the Bible says, the prisoners were listening. I see them waking up. We never heard that song before. They're walking around. Now they got the open sails. They got the open cells, and Paul and Silas are in the inner prison. Oh, I want to see. And I see the, oh, hey, hey, hey. Look upon his face. And I see the, oh, man, they're dancing. He said, well, that's not in the Bible. What do you do when you hear music? You've been locked up. There ain't no boombox. There ain't no iTunes. There ain't no Spotify. And all of a sudden, somebody that was locked up with you, begin to remind you, hey, there's somewhere bigger than this. (laughs) I know this looks dark. I know this feels cold. I know you feel lonely, but oh, I want to see him. (laughs) There's a place that goes beyond what I'm going through. That I'm going to spend eternity somewhere. I don't have to be afraid of this. I don't have to be scared of what I'm going through. I'm going to see him, the one that is the light, the one that is hope, the one that is strength. I want somebody to get a hold of this morning. Get a hold of it this morning. There's miracles in unlikely places in the middle of your trauma, in the middle of your difficulty, in the middle of your struggle. There's a song being sung. There's a word that's being given. It won't be like this way for long. And they begin to sing. I'm I'm almost done. You can stand with me. 
and they begin to sing, and I can see the prisoners listening. I can see them tapping their foot, and all of a sudden, there's an earthquake. Can you imagine for just one moment, Paul and Silas in the flesh, looking at each other and saying, I didn't even know I could sing. I didn't even know I could sing. But you and I, we just, we just caused an earthquake. We might have something here. I see him get excited. And there's an earthquake. And what's even crazier, it's not just an earthquake, a shaking of the foundation, but the bands and the bonds and the, the, the stocks are loosed. And not just for them, but Jeremiah, the fellow with all the moves that was chained up. He was just dead. He was just getting it. He was making stuff up. He said, I got two, I got two legs and one arm. And I'm chained to that. And all of a sudden, as he was about to do it, he twirled free. What in the world just happened? How did that happen? Ah, uh, you won't ever stand, you won't understand, sir. But next to you, in the inside of the prison, there were two believers that said, My condition, my future, my problem right now. It's not as big as they think it is. I serve a God that has all power. I serve a God that has all authority. I want somebody to be encouraged today as you begin to worship through your, tr your trouble and your, your circumstances and your issues. You and I serve a God that won't just liberate you, but he liberates those you haven't even met yet. What are you talking about? People that could hear you, that, hear me, people that could hear you that you didn't even know were listening. Paul and Silas had no idea, Alex. They had no idea that the other prisoners were listening. It was midnight. They had to be asleep. But they were listening. And there are people that are listening. You think you're just singing your song. You think you're just, you're just being faithful. You're just doing your Bible study. You're just passing out your flyer. You're just singing. You're just talking about the goodness of God. You're just talking about the grace of God. You think you're just talking, and you're just talking because you want to share it, but you didn't know there were people listening that have been bound. There were people that were listening that had been chained up, and the only thing that could liberate them was somebody with a voice that believed in a God that could set them free. And I'm almost done. As it unfolds, Paul and Silas never prayed to get out of prison. They didn't pray to get out of prison. They were just worshiping while they were in prison. They're already going to be released the next morning. They're about to get released. It's already midnight. It's already morning. A couple more hours, we're out. But it wasn't about them. They went to Macedonia to share the gospel. Little did they know they would be put in an unlikely place with an unlikely individual because God had a plan for that person. What am I saying? You and I are put in positions that we endure, that we suffer through, and we think it's just about us. God doesn't have a problem liberating you. 
You're the believer. You're the one singing. You're the one with an escape. Hear me. You already got an escape. You already got a way out. You already know there's a place prepared for you. You are, somebody needs to get a hold of it. There's already an escape. That was Paul and Silas. I'm talking about the believers right here. You and I already have an escape. But there's somebody that doesn't know about it. And God made sure it was at midnight because he wanted to make sure the jailer was tired enough to fall asleep. And the jailer is asleep. And all of a sudden, there's nothing that will wake you up like an earthquake. And there's an earthquake. And all the gates are open. And the only thing he can think of is that everybody has escaped. And now, because he knows by Roman law, if you allow the prisoner to escape, then you die. That's why the Bible said that he drew his sword and he is ready to kill himself. But Paul, sitting in the same position, his worship, maybe he was just humming at that point. And he hears the jailer and he can hear the jailer going and he says, do not harm yourself. We are all here. Let it be a reminder to those that thought they were in control of the situation that God, that God can liberate you wherever you are at. Paul and Silas, you're sitting there in chains. You didn't even make a move to escape. No, 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 no. You thought you were trying to lock me up. You thought you were trying to lock me up. I don't have a problem getting out. God will take care of that. But God has sent me here for you, sir. The jailer, the Bible says, comes running in. He asks for a light to be shown. And he, he bows at Paul and Sally. He says, what do I need to do to be saved? And the, hear me, the same, I need somebody to be encouraged today. That is, that is what God has asked me to do on this Sunday morning to encourage somebody today, to challenge their perspective. That man says, what do I need to do to be saved? The same one that was supposed to keep you locked up, the same one that was supposed to keep you in prison, the same one that was supposed to make sure you never got past where you are, is the same one asking you, saying, what do I need to do to be saved? How can I meet the God that you serve? How, how? Paul and Silas, you were going to Macedonia to share the gospel. On the outside, people thought that prison was going to be a problem. What they didn't realize is that God had set it up in such a way that prison was going to be a catalyst for the revival that was going to come into that city. What are you talking about? As soon as the jailer heard this, the jailer took Paul and Silas to his house. The Bible, this is in your Bible, Acts 16. He begins to clean up their wounds. He begins to take care. Isn't that like God? Come on, somebody needs to get this. Isn't it like God? I know you were supposed to be hurt, but God is about to put unlikely people in your life to help care for you. God is about, I feel this today. People you've never met, you're brand new to the church. Church is a little weird. Church is a little different. But God has put people in your life to help you along the way. The jailer is then baptized. And the Bible says his whole house is baptized. His whole household. 
There are people in this wonderful church that you are going through things that are difficult, that are challenging, but I have come to remind you and encourage you what you are going through is about to lead to breakthrough in your life and in the lives of others. It's about to lead to breakthrough in your life and the lives of others. We've been talking about elevate. We've been talking about elevating our perspective and our mindset. I've come to tell you today, let your faith be elevated. God is ready to do something in unlikely places. God is ready to work miracles in lives and families that nobody else could ask for. They look back at him, and I'm just about done. I'm here. The singers can come on up, and we're gonna. I want you to go ahead and make your way to the altar right now. I want to pray over you. There are people today that are struggling. You feel like, man, I could be defeated today. I could be discouraged today. Everything I've gone through, everything I've worked through, everything I've been dealing with, all the trouble, all the trials, but I still got a voice. I still got a voice. I may not be able to clap right now, but I can still snap. I may, I may not be able to dance right now, but I can still move my foot a little bit. I, I may not have much to me right now, but I've got a little bit that I can work with on this Sunday morning. And he's, the Bible says this, that after he baptized them, the jailer said, okay, now this is just protocol. You, you were so kind to me, but I want you to know, don't, don't take this the wrong way. I gotta take you back to the prison. I gotta take you back. Paul and Silas say, no problem. We serve a God that will get us out. We're not worried about it. Wherever, I'm gonna say this to somebody, wherever you go, God's already been there and he's with you. God's already been there and he is with you. And as they make their way, they're there. And then the jailer gets news and it says this, go ahead and release them. Go ahead and release them. Go ahead and release them. And you know what Paul and Silas have the audacity to say? They say, I don't want you to release us right now. I want you to go get the same people that locked us up. Go, you can read it for yourself at home, Acts 16. Go get the same magistrates. Go get the same people that were talking about us. Go get the same people that hated on us. Go get the same people that beat us. Go get those same people. I want them to come and tell me personally that we're free to go. They beat us. They didn't know who we were. They thought we were just Jewish people. They didn't know I am a Roman citizen. Can I say it to you like this today? They had no idea who Paul and Silas really were. And what happened is it put them, it flipped the script on the same ones that put them in prison. The Bible says that they were afraid because they didn't know that what they had just done to Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. Why am I saying that on this Sunday morning as we close? Because there are things that have taken place, things that have gone on, and they think they're in control of your life. They think they're putting you in a bad position. They think they're putting you where you have no way out. But I've come to remind you, they don't know who you are. They don't know who you are. They don't know what your God is capable of. They don't understand and know. And right now on this Sunday morning, as you lift your hands right now, I want to begin to pray over you. There's going to be miracles uh, in unlikely places. Uh, there's going to be things that take place for people right here. Youth, young adults, moms and dads, single parents, grandparents, guests. Lord Jesus, you see and know every name. 
You see and know every story. You see and know everyone that stands before you. They do not respond to a preacher. They do not respond to a man. They do not respond to a church. They respond to your word today. They respond to your word. And I pray, God, right now that you would begin to work in a way that only you can, in a way that only you get glory, in a way that only you can honor, in a way that only you can praise. We're believing for miracles in unlikely places. We're believing in healing. We're believing, yes, we are. We're believing in healing virtue to flow right now. We're believing in your power. We're believing, God, for you to do in the lives of men and women here today. On this Sunday morning, there are situations, God, relationally. There are situations financially. There are situations emotionally. We are not ashamed. We are not embarrassed. You know those that have doctor's appointments. You know those, God, that are faced with difficult challenges right now. But right here on a Sunday morning, we have come to be encouraged. We have come, God, to have our perspective challenged for what you desire to do.